0: Episode 130, dated Friday the 13th of November 2009, the Nintendo Wii, plus Gay Tony and Band Hero. This week, we are doing the first of three console-specific podcasts in the run-up to Christmas 09. We're going to be looking into each machine and exploring whether you should be buying one this Christmas. So we're starting off with a long, long, long overdue look at the (laughs) Nintendo Wii. To get the best perspective, we have James Batchelor of the Weeds podcast with us. James, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me on. So we're just going to go straight ahead with the interview because we're going to ask you personal questions straight off. Who are you? What do you do?
1: Um, my name's James Bachelor. I am actually I'm the staff writer at MCV, which is the UK's leading games trade mag. So we don't go out to like the shops, and you can't pick us up at WH Smith. We actually go out to like the publishers, the retailers, the distributors. We are the kind of mag behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep, keep all, like, all the business news up to date, um, and I also uh, am slash was. Um, I have to admit was. I was the host and editor of the Weeds podcast. I recently hung up my headset because I just don't have the time. <laughs> for it. Understood, yeah. Um, but I miss it a
0: lot. So. But you still know a hell of a lot about the Wii, correct? Oh well, yes,
1: I am okay. still an avid Nintendo fanboy. Absolutely. Um, always have been, and probably always will be. Well, that's exactly know. what we need. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> what we need.
0: And and you're older than twelve, which definitely helps, right? And you're not yes. a housewife, too. Okay, we will rib you about the Wii and its demographics, but. At the same time, this is a serious matter because ultimately it's it's, it's a massive, massive uh, machine and millions of people are having, you know, uh, experiences with it that are still to this day barred from me. However, I am getting a Wii this Christmas, so this actually concerns me very greatly. Now, um, before we start, I've actually, I I used to read G-J-O-B. Just give us a quick rundown on what that was.
1: (laughs) That is um, my personal blog. Um, It's GJOB Games Journalism or Bus. I started up when I was at uni Mm -hmm. um, as a kind of blog to keep up to date with um, how I was going to become a games journalist. It was you know, articles I was writing. I was doing a lot of work experience at the time. I did work experience with things like PC Gamer, Official PS2, Official PSP and a a now defunct trade magazine called InStock. Mm-hmm. So I used to put like all my old ma- articles on there, and I've still kept it going because I just I like having a blog somewhere I can vent. Obviously, working for a trade magazine, you're kind of restricted in you you can't really give an opinion. You've just got to report how it is. Right. Um, so it's it's my blog. It is woefully neglected, it has to be said, um, at the moment because I'm just so busy with work. And um, you kind of like when you write about games all day, the last thing you want to do when you get <laughs> home is write more
0: okay tell me um, about it understood yep. uh it, it was specifically kind of inspirational to me because i'm kind of in the same boat as you were maybe a little bit um earlier down the line, a couple of years ago so i'm still you know heading down that path but uh yeah I will continue reading that
1: i'll continue trying to update it then
2: <laughs>
0: you made him
1: feel guilty now that's good
0: what does the we have going for it that it didn't have at launch
1: right well Okay, a lot of people think that we doesn't have anything going for it at all, regardless of compared to where it was at the launch. But when you look at it, Nintendo have completely gone from one end of the spectrum to the other. So, okay, to to backtrack two three years, end of the GameCube era, Nintendo was. Really down on its luck. It was surviving only on Pokemon merchandise. Mm -hmm. The GameCube, as great a console as it was, and most people who had a GameCube recognized it was a brilliant console. There was really good games on it. You know, it it stood up quite well to the PS2 and Xbox. But for some reason, Nintendo just couldn't get the third-party support, so it never had as many games as the other consoles. Nintendo were well and truly third place in the industry. It's quite a competitive industry. We're always like, oh, who's winning? Who's losing? Who's leading? Who's better? And which, uh, given the extent that we are now, you know, the, how different the three consoles are from each other, you can't really directly compare them. You certainly can't say whether or not the Wii is better than the 360. They're different things. Yeah. Know, they both do different things you know, um, better. So, But back when, like, yeah, last generation, more so than any other, um, PS2, 360, and ge- sorry, PS3, the original Xbox, and GameCube were very much on a level playing field. And yet, Nintendo was well and truly at the bottom of the pile. They mm-hmm. had very few fans, um, you know, sorry, very, you know, very small audience, and most of that audience was the very, very loyal Nintendo fanboys, people like me who've been playing since like the NES and the SNES. And then look at them today; they have got the biggest audience because their audience now encapsulates everyone, you know, gamers and non-gamers alike. They've got the best-selling console, easily. It's easily outselling, 360 PS3. The sales are actually um, flagging at the the moment. The last couple of uh, months, the sales have been dropping. And everyone's like, oh, that's it. Nintendo's over the fads. No, it's because every bastard in the world has got one. Mm. And
2: but on top of that, they're still outselling both Microsoft and Sony, even though the sales are dropping. So it's hard to like. In
1: all three territories as well, in the UK, US, and Japan. All right, give or take a month, you know, they might lose out to the 360 every now and then, or like the PS3 every now and then, depending on what's been released on the other consoles. Mm -hmm. But they're outselling all of the other formats, and sometimes they've been outselling both the other formats combined. And yet people, the, 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 the kind of general consensus is that Nintendo still is kind of, not even, the, it, it, it's the majority, it's the minority in terms of like where the, the hardcore gamers, for want of a bad term that we're going to no doubt use a lot, mm. the hardcore gamers see still see it as the losing party. It's kind of like Nintendo can't win. When they're at the bottom and catering for the, the hardcore and the fans, they're considered losing and they're considering you know, you're know not working hard enough mm-hmm. and when they're at the top printing money and expanding <laughs> gaming to all new audiences it's still like no come on you're not working hard enough Do be better <laughs> well, i'm pretty sure i know which place nintendo would rather be yes exactly mm-hmm. exactly i mean like they, they I, exactly they're really happy i mean come on like i say like they they were on the bottom of the pile two three years ago now they are at the top they're at the top microsoft and sony are barely touching them in terms of sales and revenue and all that. Hell, Microsoft and Sony are trying to ape them, particularly Microsoft, you know, with the new Xbox experience and the avatars and the, the family games. I mean, Christ, Christ, Sony's motion controller that was unveiled at E3, can anybody say we Wiimote? But like a good politician, you've completely avoided the question, which was,
2: what do you what? think it has now compared <laughs> to launch? You'll yeah. we'll get into all those unfits. It's, it's three
0: years <laughs> old now. What has happened in those three years that makes it different from the machine it was back then?
1: It's got, it's kind of changed from what people are going to be. So, I, I, it's not got the the software library it should have. I will admit that, but it does have plenty of you know, of hardcore games, or, you know, decent games. What it's got is a whole new audience, and it's kind of got that new audience that Nintendo is trying to cater for. So, okay, yeah, we, if we look at Christmas, and you've got things like okay, so Microsoft and Sony have got things like Uncharted and Halo and uh, Forza and stuff like that you know and that that, that I, I imagine the most the majority of your listeners those are the sort of things that people are interested in mm. Nintendo doesn't have that but Nintendo has got Wii Fit Plus EA Sports Active um, New Super Mario Brothers it, it's it's got it's kind of gone for the kind of the Facebook iPhone sort of audience the, the regular people it's got it's got comfortable, I think, is what it is. It's, it's got comfortable.
0: Just before we carry on, I'm just going to give you, throw you guys some numbers. Uh, do you know the... Um, Tony, don't look at the uh, numbers if they're already I, there I on knew, your screen. I
2: know the numbers anyway. Okay,
0: yeah. right. Um, well, okay, James, do you know the numbers on sales for Wii at the moment? Is it Ho- total total sold? units sold, yeah.
1: Oh, I did this recently. Uh, it's, it's all right if, excess- you're, if you're out. <laughs> it's definitely in excess of 50 million worldwide, I believe. 56 million. 6 million. Okay. Uh, 360? A little bit lower than that, I think.
0: 31 million. Significant. PS3. Considerably lower than that. 27 million. Which makes 360 and PS3 together, 58 million combined, only just 2 million over the Wii Wii sales. So it's like literally an audience divided. But just to put it in perspective, how many DSs do you think have been sold? I know it's a completely different market, but you know.
1: It's in excess of 120 million. It says
0: $113 million on Wikipedia, but it's been known to be wrong. So, I mean, that's all the consoles added together still don't actually equate to just DS sales. So, I mean, Nintendo's got some serious audience on their hands. Um, what's well, surely, what's yeah.
2: surely you've got to understand who the audience are. I mean- mm we'll talk to the, the expert, I mean, who the are The demographic, I mean,
0: Tony. I mean,
1: that that's
2: fine. I mean, obviously, I, yeah, I, I will admit that, you know, part of the, uh, we like to call them the enthusiast gamers on this, on this show because hardcore just is, oh, I hate that
1: word. Yeah, I, I didn't know if you had like a better yeah. term than hardcore. Enthusiast, yeah. like, good. But, yeah, I mean,
2: it, okay. it would be fair to say that the enthusiast gamer probably makes up 20 to 30% of the, the Nintendo's overall audience, but that's a huge um, gap between, obviously, that, which makes up 100%. So,
1: who are the other 70%? Well, this is the thing. The other 70% are mums who nip into Tesco's and see, like, a quick brain training game for 20 quid. They're grannies who've got, like, Sudoku, you know, because their grandchildren have bought them a DS. They're infants that have been bought things like uh Sam Power and the Imagine titles and all like, the little, um you know, movie tie-ins. It's it, it's your non-gamers. It is the people that don't consider themselves gamers. Don't usually consider themselves as video game fans. Um, it's the people that don't care. The people that don't look at magazines. The people that don't go on websites. The people that don't follow a release schedule. The people that you know they don't really go into like game. They more pick up stuff like HMV or mm-hmm. Tesco or ASDA or Argos or whatever. You know they they don't. I almost want to say they don't understand games. It's kind of... It's just another form of entertainment. It's kind of... It's the people that treat games like DVDs or books. Yeah. The Mm. the occasional impulse buy, the occasional luxury purchase. Um, And that's who Nintendo are trying to cater for at the moment.
0: Uh, Interestingly enough, those are the people who aren't listening to this podcast. So, (laughs) um, to flip that around... The people that are listening to this podcast, the uh, enthusiasts, I think it's probably the best way of putting it, who might not have a Wii, um, why should they get one this Christmas? And this is myself included in this one. I'm I'm pretty much sold on it, but, you know, sell me again. Uh, Aside from just saying, you know, listing the games that are on it, I mean, get get into the guts of why the Wii is worth owning.
2: Yeah, what is the strength of the Wii platform over the others, basically?
1: To be fair, if if people haven't decided they don't want to, we buy this Christmas. Then there's no point telling them to get one. It's it's kind of it's not like the other consoles where you say, oh, you have to get this because of this. Mm. It's it's kind of it's something completely different. It's because it's it's a much more fun experience. And I know that sounds like a really cheap reason, but it it is. It's it's just you know you pop it on. It's a quick. It's almost like arcade like. And certainly yeah. the vast majority of games on the on the Nintendo um, Wii are quite arcade-like, in that they pick up and play. They're not sit and play for, like, five, six hours. But if you, wanna, if you come home, you're stressed, you just want a quick game of something fun, something colourful, something enjoyable, yeah. something light-hearted, something uplifting, then that's what the Wii is for. If you mm-hmm. want something that's just... Even a little gimmicky that just makes you smile, that makes you smirk, like, you know, the, the sword fighting on Wii Sports Resort. Yes, you're not, you know... Fooling anyone. You're not going to learn sword mastery through this, but it's quite good fun just swinging something through the air and pretending you're hitting something. We all did it when we were a child. Now we can do it when we're adults. It's loud. Um, (laughs) It's something to play with friends. It's something to play with your parents, your your children. It's that. Certainly, the multiplayer is like uh, the local multiplayer is quite a good aspect of it. It's the sort of thing like Boxing Day, for example, at, at my house. Boxing Day is when we have my mum's entire side of the family over, which is about 25 people, mm-hmm. and God. guaranteed every single year the Wii comes out. Because yeah. while we're all milling around, the Wii will come out and there'll be Wii Tennis going on, or Wii Sports Resort, or Rock Band, or uh, Wii Play, like the Shooting Gallery, or something. Because it's just... it, or, or the Mario and Sonic games. It's just fun. It's the sort of thing that's fun to watch and fun to play, and it's, it's kind of a party thing. Hmm. It's it's kind of it's almost aligned itself with like um, Twister and board games. You know you don't you don't you're not going to play Twister. You're not a hardcore Twister or an enthusiast Twister player. You're not going to you know <laughs> grind your skills and keep you know testing yourself and testing your flexibility every day. But every now and then, when everyone gets together, it's nice to just get out and have a quick go.
0: It's also important to note that while the other two dominant consoles have do have definitely games of note that are. Similar in tone, very party like, I mean, uh, like, uh, just off the top of my head. Seen it. Seen it, yeah. Uh, and indeed, they, they got their own rock band, and, and I suppose you could even count, uh, the, you know, some of the Xbox Live sort of party games like that. Are they still doing, um, that, oh, what's it called? The stupid avatar game where you answer questions. Oh, oh versus,
2: uh, Yeah. Versus what? Yeah, are they still doing that, or? Yeah, that starts guess, up again in a couple of uh, months, yeah,
0: or so but, time. Yeah. But then again, that's time, so you can't really, you know, whip that out of a party unless it happens to be on. But they're, they're they're definitely doing that as well, but nowhere near to the extent and and breadth of of choice available on the Wii, and that I will at least say in its favour. It, it's got something for everyone.
2: I, well, I, th- I think the difference between you know the PlayStation and the Xbox consoles is the Wii just presents it so much simpler um if that's a word um you know it's just it 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 doesn't take a brain surgeon to give this controller to somebody in their hand and i mean we i've done this and i've said this many times on the show before where you know at boxing day we always get the wee out what well, i do over in the last couple of years and my entire entire family play wee bowling and that's something you know, i know my father would never ever play uh, any kind of game whether it be on PC or any of the other consoles. But Wii Bowling, he'll sit there for about two hours and get really competitive on, because it's quite simple. You just control it, and even now, you don't even have to press the button to release the ball. So, you know, that, that I don't know, it's, it's just a different aesthetic. By I,
0: I suppose Miyamoto, when he, he meets people, they go, oh, I like Wii Bowling, he goes, played it with your family? Like yeah. David Cage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, carry
2: uh, on. Okay, well, then to go on the negative point, then, having said that, what is there for the enthusiast game outside of? It? I mean, we can all enjoy a, you know, a bit of Wii bowling, and you know, certainly, Mario Galaxy is no slouch in the gameplay in terms. In fact, it's one of the best games made of this gen, of this current generation. But what is there, be- you know, beside that? I mean, once once we've all played the few, you know, the Wii sports result uh, games, and, and given that a few hours of our time, what is there beyond that?
0: Well, turn it into a positive. Uh, um, just outline the most in-depth games that you can get into on the Wii.
1: Okay, well, I I, I I kind of figured this would come out, because, you know, one of the big criticisms is that, you know, there are no games for the Enthusiast Gamer. And the mm-hmm. thing is, that's a lie. There are, there are games out there for the Enthusiast Gamer, but the trouble is they're not... I think this is largely Nintendo's fault. They're not marketed as well. They're not kind of heralded. You know, they, they don't grab the headlines... But subtly, they are really good. I mean, I've got... I don't I need to change windows here. I have a list of 16, 16 games that I could name off the top of my head. Well, obviously, off my from list screen. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> top of my head, 16. I'm just counting them now.
1: Yeah, sorry, so, OK. Sure. I've got 16 games that, you know, that I could say these are games that will give enthusiast gamers hours of pleasure just as much as they would do on 360 PS3, but they're only on Wii. Okay, 16 isn't just go for it. Okay, so like, uh, 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 granted they're not all 100% enthusiasts, but even so, they're they're, they're kind of tap into that casual... um, We understand. So uh, the first one, for example, Boom Blocks. Boom Mm Blocks is um, the Steven Spielberg EA game, balls to the name dropping, Steven Spielberg, you can't really tell he's done much. It's a really simple concept, you throw a ball at a, st- a stack of blocks. It's right up, there you know, it takes you back to the childhood days when, you watch it, like, you, your sister or your little brother would, like, build a, like, a really big tower and you just want to knock it down. Yeah. And it's just, it's so competitive because it, it's quick, short, sharp challenges and you want to get that perfect score. And there's the level editor where you can create, like, the most, the, the kind of Rube Goldstein kind of devices and you know just have fun with that it, it it's almost little big planet before little Big Planet, albeit without the platforming you just you just muck around with physics and see what it can do and it's it, it's one of those games that just keeps throwing things at you i mean you can play through the different modes and the different campaigns, and you will still discover a new way of playing and you know ideas that would completely you know work as a game on their own, so for example like um Mostly, you the, yeah, the bog standard one that everyone obviously thinks of is, you know, knock down the tower, try and get as many points as possible. But there are even things like there, um, someone's, yeah, the, the gold rush levels where they've made a kind of uh, long cuboid out of smaller blocks. You've got to knock a hole into one wall and throw a bouncing ball inside and see how many blocks it can hit from the inside, and it racks up points that way. And it sounds simple. It sounds. But when you play it, it's literally just one more one more go, one more go, one more go. I can like be Peggle then. Pardon? Like Peggle then. Exactly like Peggle. Excellent. And Peggle, you know, alright, Peggle is your, you know, quintessential casual game, mm. but enthusiastic gamers get just as much enjoyment out of it.
0: Yeah, everybody loves it. It's the Shawshank Redemption of, uh, video games. Exactly. Um, Dead Space Extraction. Oh, hang amazing. on, before you carry on, mate, Jebs. If you go into the same amount of detail for every single one of these, we will be here all night. So you're going to have to give <laughs> have us a really... short, sharp oh. review on each one.
1: Okay. Dead Space Extraction came out a couple of months ago. It's a guided first-person experience. I know that sounds like PR guff. I promise you, it isn't. No, no. no Tony's
0: uh, talked about it. He's he loves it.
1: it it's yeah. amazing, isn't it? I, I haven't played it all the way through myself. I've only seen like a couple of videos. I played like it for like five minutes, my friends. It's it's got the kind of narrative depth. Certainly more so than anything else on the Wii. It's so like you're kind of half life. You're just going through a world like Half Life, Bioshock, that sort of thing. You're going through a world and a story is happening around you. You're not just being, you know, led by the hand. All right, you are. You're on rails, but it, <laughs> it, and it's just as good and just as deep as the the Dead Space on th- PS3 and 360. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, carry on. I, I, <laughs> Right, De Blob is your, it's just an old school platformer. It looks really childish, but again, it's got that kind of competitive nature. You know, just trying to get the highest score, just mucking around. Literally, you've kind of got freedom in the levels to spend as long on the level as you want or not. It's just a silly little platformer. The, just the, the really funky soundtrack and the way that it interacts with what you're doing, that's really good fun. Um, the Godfather Black Hand Edition, this is one of my favourite games on the Wii. It's got... And this, and this for me, know yeah, this is proof why the Wii can be just as good, if not better, than the other consoles. It has got more content than the Xbox 360 edition. It's got a completely new set of like, assassinations to do, but the controls, and th- this is what the Wii basically comes down to: the controls are so much more immersive. You actually, you know. Your your left and right hands are your fists, mm. and you beat the shit out of you know other gangsters. By the way, am I allowed to swear?
0: Swear your head off, mate. <laughs>
1: okay, fine. You beat the shit out of other gangsters, and it's actually quite satisfying. You know, you're not just pressing X, A, B, mashing buttons. You're actually knocking them out. When you grab them, you have to you know just quick great sh- you know shake of the controls and a uh, tap of a button to grab them, and you actually shake them to death. And I'm actually doing <laughs> right now, I don't know why I'm doing right now. You actually shake them to death, and that's really satisfying. Sold. All right, it's borderline psychotic, but it's really satisfying to do. And if more people played games like that, they'd understand that, you know, yes, you can get just as good an experience out, and more, because you're actually in the game. You're actually taking part. Okay. Um, obviously, I can go, you know, I'll skip, like, the, you know, the the usual ones, you know, Zelda Twilight Princess, Metroid Prime Corruption, Mario Galaxy, Mario Kart Wii, etc. Those are, your typical Nintendo Titles. Obviously, I wouldn't be much of a fanboy if I didn't recommend those. But they do. As, as much as these these editions kind of lack, they they the lack a kind of there's a certain inexplicable quality they lack, certainly the Zelda one, um, compared to previous editions, they are still fundamentally just as fun as their previous editions. All mm. right, they may be the same sort of game, so was Halo 3. Halo 3 was exactly the same as Halo 1, it just looked glossier. Mm. And it's still fun, and it's got that, and I know it's a really cop-out way of saying it, but it's got that kind of Nintendo magic, that inexplicable charm, and that kind of, I, I, I just it gives you like, that feeling of satisfaction and enjoyment whenever you complete something on it. And those still are really good. And they just make you feel like you've accomplished stuff. They're just they're just really good titles. Mad World, Mad World, fantastically artistic title, really gory, really violent. Cry- I don't know why that didn't sell as well. I don't know why three sixteen PS three owners aren't crying out for that. You look at any gory title on the on the three sixteen PS three. Yes, it looks gory. Yes, it looks horrifying. But it's kind of got that Hollywood style, you know, violence where you think, oh, that's just fake. This, all oh right, it's artistic, yeah, it's quite cartoony, but it's just amazing. I mean, like, you, you name me one game on the 360 where you can wrench a... Um, a street sign, yeah. can street sign out of the floor, smash it through someone's head, put them in an exploding barrel, throw them into, like, a, a steamroller that's armed with spikes.
0: As in, name a game that does that exactly? Uh, yeah,
1: well, something, <laughs> something that one and that fun. And this is the thing; it's, it's very tongue in cheek. That game It's quite fun. And again, like I say, the, the Wii is about fun. It, you know, it's not about oh my god, this is really intense, this is really violent. This is oh my god, this is good fun. I'm ripping the, you know ripping these people to pieces. Very small well,
0: pieces. Big fan of Clover and uh, yet to play God Hand, but I love Okami.
1: Yeah, well, Okami. I was actually going to go on to my next one. Are Okami. You like this? No, no. Okay. Okami. You. know... Here comes, you know, here was this fantastic PS2 game that came out, you know, after the PS3 had mm. come out, you know, bit of stupid timing. Absolutely epic adventure, worthy of Zelda, worthy of the best Zeldas. It's huge, it's daunting, it lasts forever. I've got friends that have been playing it for years and still haven't completed. it, It is that damn long.
0: Yeah, my wife got and, there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and you know, what, what's not you know to appeal to that and the enthusiast gamer? This is not a short, a cheap, short knockoff. This is an epic, long adventure that is just as good on you know, PS2. People have been begging for it to come out on Wii. It's on Wii. It works. It's it's great. It's, it's just a fantastic game.
0: I have like- to interject a second, James. For people out there with a PS2, there is some debate as to whether the actual paintbrush strokes work better on the PS2 with the pad as to the Wii version. So it would... Probably pay to do your homework on on which one you actually want to end up getting. But I can't just go, <laughs> yep, definitely get it on the wee because uh, so, uh, in fact, I, I'm,
1: I, I'm actually working through this on my own uh, at the moment. I would, re- if you can, and if you have a wee mm-hmm. or if you have someone with a wee, I'd rent it first right, because yeah. the the paint mechanic it can't. You have to be. It, it's right. kind of. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. Warrior Land Shaker. I mean, come on. I, okay... You, enthusiast gamers consider themselves like, you know, experts in all forms of games. They're kind of, they tend to be like the older gamers. Warrior Landshaker is your, it's brilliant, It's, it's a retro style. 2D platformer, a genre that in my opinion is really underdone nowadays. Yes, alright, we've got these wonderful 3D worlds, we can do like epic sandboxes like GTA, Assassin's Creed, etc. But sometimes we still like just the simple left to right, overcoming object, you know, obstacles, and this is, it's right up there, you know, it's really challenging, it's really intense, it's really appealing to like the retro gamer, and the animation on it is amazing, the animation is like worthy of a Disney film, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not just sprite-based. It, it, they've actually hand-drawn the animation, and it looks like an anime film or something. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's just kind of that. Like I say, it's it's difficult to describe. It is literally just it's fun. It's fun. It's enjoyable. It make it, it's satisfying, and that's something you don't get on. I mean, you know, me name me one good 2D platformer on another platformer. Uh, sorry, On another on console. On a <laughs> well, console. Braid, right there. Okay, yep, yeah, Braid, one. One that's a uh, kind of very puzzly kind of, but this is more like... Shadow activism. Complex. Wow. Well, okay, yes, but again, those, okay, those are two.
2: You could actually say Little Big Planet because it's kind of 2D even though there is a depth to the field of it.
1: Okay, touché. Um, but, you know, the point is we've, we've... <laughs> 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 we got to... And this is more old school than those. Those are like, you know, those are 2D platformers but they're trying to be new. This Hang is
0: on, you're adding th- new caveats to it. <laughs> you don't know, it's got to be old school now.
1: The last one I'd say is um, Zach and Wiki. Now Zach and Wiki, it kind of looks oh, hang like on, a cast. That's only twelve. Is it? Yeah, but I've skipped. We fit.
0: We sports. Wii sports resort.
1: I didn't even have Wii Fit. I've skipped Family Ski. Family Ski's good fun. Oh yeah. Uh, but again, just as a kind of relaxing, enjoyable pastime sort of game.
0: Family and Ski. I'm going to basically put up your top 16 for our listeners to sort of check out if they've already got a Wii or if they're getting a Wii. So okay. Basically, sort of, these are your recommended ones. So, so, yeah, definitely don't miss any. And what was the other one?
1: Um, family, I, I family Ski, Mario Kart Wii, Wii Sports, Wii Sports Resort. Hang S- on, is
0: Family Ski the one with Mummy, Daddy, Billy and Susie?
2: No, it's very different. You actually
0: use the Wii Balance Board. Oh, right, OK. Yeah. And you're not yeah. including Wii Fit in this one?
1: I'm, I'm not, but only because I haven't played it. So I'm, not, I'm only including games that I have played or I know a lot about. And it's a lifestyle experience. And Tony, would been. you
0: add to this list if you were able to the EA Sports um, that, that fitness pack thing?
2: Active, yeah, yeah, but I mean, are they well? They're not necessarily games, but they are certainly what makes the Wii the you know, part of the Wii. You know, it's these lifestyle type games. So yeah, Wii, Wii Fit and uh, EA Sports Active, you know, they're they're good fun in their own right. You know, you're not going to come home from work and think oh, I'm going to have a good game of. Uh, EA Sports active, but uh you know, it, it certainly has a place for, you know, newer the newer generation of people to come in and uh, experience the Wii first hand rather than just necessarily saying play games, uh, have that experience then move on to actually playing the mini games within those products and then moving actually further on to actually play proper games. So they're they're all very, very important experiences.
0: Okay. Um th- that is actually a very solid list. I will give you that. Um the I mean I think you you breezed a little too um quickly over uh uh, Mario Galaxy, which I am told by all and sundry is the best version of Mario ever. The this is, this best the Mario thing. game.
1: I, I could go on about Mario Galaxy for hours, mm. but I realise you have a ton the, the bottom line is, it is one of the most imaginative games. It will always throw something new at you, and it just proves that, you know, just because it looks cutesy and it's got that fat little little Italian plumber, mm. doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable.
0: Mm. And I'd also, you know, to, to add, just again... It's criminal to ignore Mario Kart or just even just skip over it. It's the the most fun you can play in four player driving. Uh, and I, I, I my personal favorite at the moment is Mario Kart DS, but that's only because I haven't played Mario Kart Wii that much. And I think uh, if we get some proper sofa games going on, Tony, we should you know that kind, yeah, well, um, kind of capture the Mario Kart Wii Yeah, Mario Kart Wii
2: uh, is fantastic. I, mean, I I actually think it's. It's one of whether it's beats the N64 version because that holds a special place in my heart.
0: Uh, do you want to settle this argument, James? We, uh, we love the N64 version. Our, our good friend Paul, who was uh, previously a cowboy uh, on the show, um, prefers the Snes version. I think it's all to do with your memories. But uh, which oh, yeah, did I prefer
1: you prefer? The N64 version. Hey. Oh, I solve. Yeah. solved. The Snes version, like so the Snes version and the GBA version, I can't get into. There's just, there's just something wrong about them. But the and double seven. dash. Double dash. I I liked. Everyone uh, on the last. One kinda likes or
0: hates double dash, but no one likes it best. No, exactly. About the D- the DS version's
1: object oh, to playing it. DS version, I agree with you, is by far and away the best version. We is okay. The Wii version's good, mm. but you can kinda see where it's been kind of dumbed down, overbalanced. Widen and- the tracks. Yeah, much wider tracks and stuff. You know, like just to cater for that wider audience. DS is if you want your your enthusiast. I was very careful not to say hey. car, enthusiast Mario Kart. Get the DS version. Hell yes, totally. Right.
0: Are you tired of Dad?
1: Dad! No one wants to hear your stupid Vietnam stories! Are you tired
0: of Mom?
1: Hi, Angel. Do you want to read a book or go outside? No! Degenitron! The
0: arcade comes to your living room only without the creepy guys offering to show you puppies.
1: Awesome! The
0: Degenitron. You can play video games just like you were in the arcade.
1: Excellent! Degenitron!
0: The Degenitron gaming system plays three exciting games, including Defender of the Fate, where you save the green dots with your fantastic flying red square. Cool! Monkey's Paradise, where you swing from green dot to green dot with your red square monkey. That's right! And Penetrator, where you smash the green dots deep inside the mysterious red square. Wow! The Degenitron brings arcade realism to your living room. It can even take quarters, and a strange sweaty man comes by to empty the machine on Fridays. Degenitron! The Genitron fighting the evil of boredom. I'll never go to school again. degenitron
2: to counterbalance this. I mean, we've had nothing but pretty positive stuff certainly for the last you know 20 minutes talking about you know the certain titles. Can I counterbalance with some uh some answers to some questions I'd like to know? Basically, just some harder questions. Go huh? for it. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> you you mentioned amongst all, all that rant of you know all these fantastic Wii titles and you came across something like Mad World, where you commented obviously that it didn't sell particularly well. This does seem to be the case with quite a few third party titles on the Wii that first party Nintendo titles not a problem. They sold they sell millions and they then they continue to sell millions. So if you look at Mario Kart and the D S, that still continues to be in the top ten uh, month in, month out, which is just ridiculous for a game that's what Three years old now,
1: hmm.
2: um, but the third party titles have seemed to have struggled. I mean, no yes, more you have, the, you have the odd hit that comes out, and, and certainly some of the more kind of party-based collections have, you know, certainly on the early days have, uh, you know, been million, two million plus sellers. But it does seem something like Madwell comes out, which, like you say, the enthusiasts were all all over before its release, and it came came out and sold, I believe, less than what a hundred thousand, if if not fifty thousand copies worldwide which is pretty much a disastrous, and that's over and over again, certainly for the Enthusiast titles, but not just that, for a lot of third-party titles. So
1: what is going on there? I I, I promise I'm not skirting the issue. (laughs) (laughs) That's not specific to this generation. In fact, that's a large part, in my opinion, why Nintendo didn't have much third-party support. In all of Nintendo's consoles, all of Nintendo's formats, the th- first-party titles have always dominated sales. You just stick Mario, Zelda, Metroid, whatever, on the box, and it will sell millions. And third-party games don't quite sell as much because I th- the, the audience. I, th- I think it's just the audience has just grown too used to having Nintendo and having Nintendo's level of quality. Now, I'm not saying that the third-party games don't match that level of quality. They do. Many of them do. Mad World, I easily put against some of the, you know, the, the first-party titles on Wii, but. In, it's kind of a perception thing. Nintendo gamers, the, the enthusiastic Nintendo gamers don't you know, think, right, if it's not Nintendo, it's not good enough. It's, you know, the sort of people... I know that there's very few of them, but there are bound to be people out there who don't buy anything other than Tesco Finest. There's nothing wrong with you know, <laughs> Tesco Value. I personally prefer Tesco Value sausage rolls over the finest ones, because they taste better.
0: Really? But Yeah, seriously. But I will they, do a but, taste test on both.
1: Maybe. But <laughs> people don't pay attention to that. And, and the only way that... Third parties can kind of improve. Well, I mean, help. The only reason them third parties are trying harder on Wii this generation than they did on like GameCube and N64. Yeah. GameCube and N64, right? We're not selling games. Let's not bother. We'll go on PlayStation, Xbox. Here, well, Nintendo's making a shitload of money here. We need in on this. That's the only reason they're trying that hard. So, but they keep. They need to kind of market. They need to kind of raise awareness. They need to um, just draw more attention to them because the trouble is. If you release that sort of game on 360 or PS3, you're you're trying to raise Mad World, for example, against other titles of a similar ilk, but on a much smaller software library. Uh, Because because there is just so many new Wii games coming out. Every week, every week, and I say this is is not a word of a lie, every week about five or six Wii games will come out. 90% of them are shit. Mm-hmm. Thank
0: uh, you.
1: We didn't have to uh, say that. I'm not going to try that. I'm not going to. Th- this is the thing. Uh, you know, uh, 360 PS3 gamers think that us enthusiast Nintendo fans are blind to the world, and we think that you know, we love every game that comes out. We're well aware of how much shit is on our console. We know this. We're just we're not happy about it. Um, and you know, to try and get a game like Mad World, and to get retailers to stock that, rather than all these cheap knock-off games that mums and and Grands are buying for their children and their grandchildren and are selling bucket loads. I mean, Christ, Game Party by Midway. Mm-hmm. Who mm. the but that's selling millions. So when Game Party 2 comes out, that's going to be you know, more beneficial to the retailer than Mad World, this strange, unknown IP that looks gory, that's going to banter, you know, that, that sparks off controversy in the Daily Mail, you know. If Mummy and Granny read it in the Daily Mail. They're not going to buy it for little Timmy, are they? Well, hopefully and, not. Well, no, obviously... <laughs> Obviously, but you know what I mean, they need to market them better, and it's a harder job to market your title on Wii than it is on any other console. The other problem is... That's, um, hang
0: on one second. I'd say you actually kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's somewhere in the middle of this, you know, giant smorgasbord of demographics. It's not specifically that Mad World isn't marketed it enough. It's just that of the percentage of Wii owners, only a small percentage of those people are 18-plus-year-old males who like gory games. It's exactly. that small percentage that means it's not going to be a big seller in comparison to, say, the vast percentage of people who are like, party game, party fun. I'll be buying that one then, please. Um, and- Because because they're a minority.
1: And more so this generation than others, a lot of people have a Wii and a 360, or a Wii and a PS3. Mm. If they've got the money for, hmm, Mad World, a game that I don't know a lot about, or Call of Honor, Medal of Duty 362, (laughs) they're going to go for the one they know. I'll also say, though, and like I said, I'm quite realistic, as as avid fanboys go, We, we, you know, Yes, fanboys are blind to the fact that, oh, Nintendo is God, Nintendo can do no wrong. I'm not like that. A lot of Nintendo fanboys are very two-faced. We are lazy bastards. We g- crave these games. You know, Wars coming out. Oh, my God, this is the game that we need. This is the game that we was made for. We're going to buy it. Oh, yes, please release this Sega. Oh, no, don't <laughs> let the Daily Mail stop it from coming out. We need this game. As soon as it comes out, no, I'm not buying it. Why not? Right? The conduit. The conduit um, was released this this uh, summer, also by Sega. It was developed by High Voltage. It has the by far and away the best visuals for a first-person shooter on the Wii. Okay, a little bit of average gameplay. Personally, I don't rate the modern warfare games that much yeah, but- higher. Yeah, and but
2: saying, th- but saying that, if
1: someone released
2: conduit on either of the other two consoles, it would have tanked, regardless, because really, when you looked at the quality of the title, it just wasn't really up to spec of what all this other stuff. The fact that okay. it was a half-reasonably good shooter on the Wii was the reason it was getting all the limelight in the first place, because the Wii is just desperate for shooters like that. Yeah. But it's Hayes, that it like-
0: Hayes tanked on the PS3, even though that was desperate for like a, a, single, you know, uh, a Sony-owned IP for FPS, and it's, it ultimately does come down to quality. You know, but there's a reason point. Modern Warfare still sells massively.
1: Yeah, OK, OK. I, 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 that's just me. I'm not a massive Modern Warfare fan. <laughs> I see that point. Me neither. I can't stand the thing. In terms of the conduit, um, the, the quality issues, the fact that it was a very average game, that only came out at the very last minute. That only became realised at the very last minute. You've had two or three years of Nintendo people petitioning online to get this thing published, to get this thing finished, to get this thing a publisher, insisting that this is the game we need on Wii, and as soon as it came out, they didn't buy it, or they bitched about it, saying it wasn't good enough. And that's why third-party titles are discouraged from trying so hard, because we are just two-faced bastards. We will raise your hopes, we will get you to spend all of your money on this game, and then we won't buy it. And it's not because we're evil, it's not because we're malicious, it is because Nintendo, more so than the others has a fan base that is never, ever satisfied. Interesting. I, I'll stop. I'm ranting.
0: No, no, no. That was good. I, no one's ever actually said that before. Certainly not on this we not.
1: Sh- it's just, well, Christmas 2007, we had Mar- Super Mario Galaxy, right. Metroid Prime Corruption, yep. The Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass, three AAA titles in the space of a month and a half if I remember rightly. Uh-huh. That has never happened in the history of Nintendo as far as I'm aware. They have never released a Mario Zelda and Metroid title that close together. Right? Okay. All three sold on well well sold well enough ish. I mean even Mario Galaxy didn't sell as much as it wanted to, because again, by that point the Nintendo fanboys had given up, gone on to their three sixty and were playing uh Christ well Halo three was out that year, they were playing that instead. Or indeed and, Call of Duty. And <laughs> exactly. And you know, people complain that, oh, Mario, you know, Zelda for example, a lot of people complain that Zelda's becoming the same. As soon as E3 came around, or GDC, when's the next Zelda? <laughs> Seriously, uh, this, this E3, for fuck's sake, this E3, so what do, what do we have? Okay, this E3 wasn't brilliant. But we had Super Mario Galaxy 2. We never had a direct sequel to a 3D Mario before. Super Mario Galaxy 2, which looks friggin' awesome.
0: And I I did hear people bitch and go, "Uh, it's just the same as Mario Galaxy. Like, that was a bad...
1: Mario Galaxy is, like, one of the best games I have ever played. I'm quite happy for it to be the same as Mario Galaxy. Metroid Other M, which completely and answers all of the quibbles that people have had with the Prime series. Because, like, the Prime series are absolutely incredible. They're fantastic first-person adventures. But a lot of, like, the the veteran Metroid fa- fans are going, oh, no, it's not good enough, it's not a 2D Metroid. This one's a 2D Metroid, so we've got a 2D Metroid, we've got a new Mario Galaxy, we've got downloadable games like you know Mario vs. Donkey Kong, Minis March Again, yes, all right, that seems silly, but it, it it's quite a good title for a Nintendo gamer. You've got New Super Mario Brothers, which appeals to, like, the hardcore... You know, the, two, the 2D retro fans, the people that have got brothers and sisters that insist on, I mean, Christ, that game I can't wait for, because it reminds me of the old um, co-op games you used to have on the NES. Breathe, I James, breathe. No, no, I can't. <laughs> but I, but after all of that, all of that, which, you know, it was, it was, you know, if you exclude things like the vitality sensor, it was a good E3, certainly the best E3 that Nintendo have shown in the last two, three years... It was way better than the year before. before. As soon as it was finished, where's Zelda? Where's Star Fox? Where's Pikmin? Where's Donkey Kong? Where's Kid Icarus?
0: But that never it.
2: <laughs> do, you, do you not think... Um, if you just owned, say, the PlayStation and all you did was play the first-party games, then you'd have massive gaps throughout your calendar and you would be starved for the titles. I think this is really what plays the Wii, because... You know, no doubt about it. Nintendo titles are pretty much bar none, I mean, there's sure there's a few in there are, are just absolutely fantastic, and you'll spend hours upon hours. Wii music. Yeah, okay, they don't all work, but I yeah, what, even, but even if you Tend- play it, and you even Nintendo
1: admitted Tend- that one was a bit of a duffer. Yeah. Good.
2: But if you play and finish finish it and there doesn't, you know, there isn't the amount of third-party support you want within, on that platform, what happens? You, you start to bitch and moan because you, you, know, you just want to continue drip feed. And I don't think – this is a problem with Nintendo in that it's third-party support. Even though it has plenty now, it's not the kind I think the hardcore gamers really want or not in the quantity as they, they want. And doesn't this really play into – once again, and I'm not bashing the Wii. This is just kind of keep it on a, a fair track because I really like my Wii. Um, you know, the Wii may have sold 56 million uh, consoles and we're saying, what, 20 to 30% of those sold to, you know, the enthusiast game, gamer. Well, the non-enthusiast gamer are picking up one or two consoles, or one or two games a year, if that. They're picking up the new Wii Sports or they're picking up the new Mario game. But they're not actually picking up the third-party stuff other than just the, like you say, the Tesco finest bits and bobs. Mm, so as definitely. much as they they've outsold all the other consoles... Week in and week out, apart from the Nintendo releases, both the 360 and the PlayStation 3 to some degree are dominating the charts. Mm -hmm. And as a third-party person, you look at that and go, well, sure, I could release this on the Wii, but it's going to have to be somewhat of a cut-down version, or we're going to have to... And it, whenever they make it a cut-down version, it's just a bad idea. It has to be designed for the Wii as a platform. Mm. They just don't seem to hit the charts as well, and that is a really, really sad thing. I don't know how they can actually change that because they don't seem to even after what three years? How long has it been out there? Three years. Three years. It it doesn't seem to get over that hump that you know Nintendo titles sell well and other the other third parties don't. So I don't know. That's that's just something I'd love to see different in the future. And uh, it's but- a massive criticism.
0: The one selling point that we haven't mentioned so far is the virtual console, because this is one of the biggest ones for me. Because how many games is it? Like ninety-seven right now you can get, or hundred. Oh, 100. Gosh, I'll, I'll just more do that. than that, God. Just, yeah, sure
1: There's easily more than that. There's easily more than. I mean, they've already reached hundred WiiWare titles, and that only launched. I think WiiWare only launched last summer at earliest.
0: Old, right there.
1: Right. So 90, 97, like, there's easily more virtual console titles, and like you say, yeah, there's there's a good draw there for the nostalgia fans, and there's a lot of nostalgia going on. I mean, the amount of game franchises that are being pulled out of the work, you know, pulled out of the the cupboard, and dusted off, and made into brand new ones, you know, the, there's a big market for nostalgia, and virtual Ooh. console. This it's it's really undersold by Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo. Nintendo have kind of gotten the habit of like kind of sitting on their laurels and assuming that they'll make it you know, if, if we make it they will come they assume that people will know what is out there mm. I mean to go back to your point Tony that um Sony gamers you know if you stick to the first party titles you get a decent title every I don't know three four months I mean once, we once a year, supporter. Yeah, you know, yeah, once you had kill then you had infamous then you had uncharted then you've got whatever comes next God of War or whatever yeah and um, What people don't, you know, what Nintendo fans don't realise is that Nintendo does that. I mean, you know, Nintendo, they they do that. They do do quarterly quarterly releases. More so than like Microsoft. Microsoft only released stuff at Christmas, really. I mean, look at last year. Last year we had Mario Kart, then we had Smash Brothers, then we had... Okay, we didn't have brilliant games at Christmas, but there were games that Christmas. This year we've had um, Punch-Out! Wii Sports Resort, um. And now we're into Christmas, so we're getting New Super Mario Brothers Wii. So, you know, you're still getting games every quarter and a bit. And they just don't buy them, because Nintendo don't really market them as much. And certainly, again, to go back to the main point, they really don't market the Virtual Console or the WiiWare.
0: 318 games in Europe alone. Yeah. Yeah, that's the it's
1: best... It was, it was that
0: the best of the uh, NES, the uh, best of the SNES. I mean, yeah, all, uh, they've got everything that, like, when Nintendo owned and was popular, has pretty much come out now, uh, and they've got a lot of uh, third-party stuff on, on there as well. Uh, best of the N64, aside from the obvious, uh, Sega Master System, Mega Drive. I mean, Jesus H Christ! If you just scroll down the list, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stick this list as a as a link in the in the show notes because. when considering buying a Wii you're also buying an NES you're also buying a a SNES you're also buying an N64 effectively you you know it's it's not to be sniffed at and it's one of the main reasons I'm getting a Wii actually is so I can get all of these old games without having to you know buy uh, an NES that's functioning and just you know so I can let my little daughter play these when she comes of age she's only one right now so it'll take a while but that'll (laughs) just give me time enough to get a decent library going yeah um but I mean, Jesus, the amount you can get, and it's all about the same as you'd probably pay for the cartridge on eBay. Yeah.
2: How do you? But- how well do you think the the Wear store is actually done? I mean, and, and Lost Winds is a fantastic game that you know its upcoming sequel as well. But you know, beyond that, it, it seems to be a bit like the third playing third fiddle to obviously Esports Live Arcade and PlayStation Store.
1: Well, this is the thing. I mean, they haven't quite. Again, they haven't got the support behind it. And again, there's a lot of guff out there. They haven't. You know, they don't really scream what's out there. There is quite a few WiiWare titles that aren't really that good. I mean, I know for a fact that there is one uh, recently recently released that allows you to decorate your own Halloween cookies. Da da.
0: <sighs> so just as good as
1: DSiWare then? Exactly. It's just as good as DSiWare. And I mean, the trouble is, Nintendo doesn't market it if they marketed this um, I, I think they're going to they, they they should hopefully start marketing it a bit more now because obviously the we wear dsi wear kind of taps into the, the whole iphone app mentality that is slowly penetrating the public the whole there's an app for that that's a that's a very familiar phrase now <laughs> and there. and if you look at the icons on um on and the way that the dsi's interface is laid out it, it is lo- it looks like the you know the iphone apps and they're kind of tapping in on that um, and so, you know, I think there will be much more effort in the future, hopefully. But they just haven't done it. And they haven't marketed the titles that are good there. I mean, I, again, there are some really good titles. Like you say, Lost Winds is on there. Unless you're an avid Nintendo enthusiast, they don't know what Lost Winds is. I guarantee them, the vast majority of your listeners, when I say, do you know what Lost Winds is, they have not got a clue. I uh, have John, a clue. Yes, but you do. You should have.
0: I know. Paul kept going on about it, so I read up on it.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's the trouble. You have to read up on it, you have to make the effort. Okay, but uh, Nintendo needs to learn, and third parties need to learn if they're going to make a success out of their WiiWare, DSiWare titles. They need to learn that you can't, particularly with the extended demographic, you can't wait for people to read up on it as as you used to, as the traditional model dictates, and as the traditional model still works on 360 PS3. 360 PS3, it's still quite dependent on gamers, gamers, looking into the games that are interested in them, following them, waiting for them to come out, and then buying. Mm. It's quite... You, know, you You need to kind of tease the gamer and get them involved. It's very much the cheese on a piece of string, you know, dragging it along, let the mouse come. You can't do this. You have to throw chunks of cheese at the Nintendo mouse. <laughs> so that, I don't know where I'm coming up with these analogies. Apologies. For good, these. No, I'll, I'll take that You're one. You're mixing then.
0: metaphors like a blender at this point. But, yes. uh, yeah, it would yeah. be... It would be prudent for Nintendo to, for their next console, consider demos.
1: Yes. And, and there's Seriously. of a WiiWare demo service coming out soon. Mm. I mean, well, Christ, we've got DS demos. DS demos are available on the Nintendo channel. Has Nintendo made a big deal about that? No. Nope. Does Nintendo send a message to your Wii... Right? The vast majority, uh, uh, I imagine the vast majority of Wii, Wii owners have a DS or a DS is in that household. Mm. The Wii gets regular messages reminding me when there's a Mario Kart challenge or there's a new update for the firmware that actually doesn't do anything. If they just sent like a newsletter every like once or twice, you know, like, or, 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 every week, by the way, such and such demo for the DS is now out on the Nintendo channel. And you might want to check out this WiiWare title, it's about this. It wouldn't be difficult. Everyone loves getting mail. Everyone, I know it's, it's a gimmick, but everyone still loves it when their, their blue slot lights up. It's like, oh, I've got a message, I've got a message. Oh, no, it's <laughs> no, a rubbish. Yeah. Exactly.
2: It's all right. I don't, it, I don't have anyone on my friends list on there because it's a nightmare to actually organize. So I always know it's just a bad update that I need to do. We,
1: um, we actually had something on the Weeds podcast before. I, I, something went wrong, and I blame Nintendo Service because Google Mail is infallible to me. We had a system where if you register the Weeds podcast's email address in your We Address book, we messaged um, everyone whenever a new episode came out. So every now and then you get a message on the Weeds, they're right, Weeds episode uh, episode 102 is up, check it out You're now, this is what's in the show, click here, and it takes you to the internet browser. That's ingenious. Why on earth is anyone <laughs> not doing that? I don't know. We were really proud of that, and no
2: one does it. Okay, so some quick fire questions, so... You know, <laughs> they're quick. Um, Wii Motion Plus, what's happened? I mean, it's, it, it came out. A couple of games had it. I mean, Tiger Woods and obviously Wii Sports all. Just, it's kind of seems to, in my opinion, disappeared off the face
1: of the earth. It, quick answer. It's, it's this, okay, quick answer. Nintendo are waiting for people to use it. And so waiting for third parties. The, the majority of this this generation, they very much – and they've said this at the start of the generation. I know this isn't a quick answer, but I'm almost done. <laughs> at the start of this generation, they said, the, w- the idea of the we is we're going to show you the potential. Th- it's up to third parties to truly realise it. Brilliant. Okay. <laughs> um, doesn't really answer the question, but yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> well, no, yeah, no, it's, it's, Nintendo aren't developing anything themselves, is that right? Or, or
1: they are. I mean, like, you know, Motion Plus has been confirmed for Zelda. Mm. It's, it's very when Nintendo is like, right, you'll have it when it's ready. Nice. Thanks for making me buy now, then. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> he has it.
2: What What do you think of the um, the competition chasing? Uh, what would seem to be chasing the the Mies from Nintendo, with uh, obviously Microsoft doing their Avatar system and uh, Sony going all way out and doing their Home system. What so was your feelings of that as a, you know, a fan of Nintendo's
1: service? Copycat I'm or improvement? It's copycat, but I'm not bothered. I mean, everyone copycats. Okay. But in fruits, yeah. Nintendo it, you know the the success of the Wii is because Nintendo realised that things like SingStar Buzz and iToy were doing really well on Sony. Yeah. That uh yeah. Yep. Okay, well in that
2: sense I would love to have my Wii and my Me characters used in a lot more games other than just Nintendo games. Because I mean the well, good thing about in, the Avatar
1: system. In Guitar Hero. In Guitar Hero in um FIFA? And I think Pez, but I could be wrong. Um yeah. a lot of things like family ski and quiz titles that like you use in me. I need to play more games with them. Yeah it? you do.
2: <laughs> about, but now it's well obviously the three sixties avatars are starting to to encroach in pretty much everything, but um, obviously PlayStation Home's are a different business I don't know, so, I won't
1: be happy until my Xbox avatar can run around Albion Nice. And hack up something in I yeah. Oh no, no,
0: you can't hack anything with your with your Xbox Avatar. Mm. That was one of the rules. No hacking, no
1: shooting. Well then that's just cruel. Giving it a light you know, letting you buy a lightsaber for it and then not letting it chop off an arm.
0: It was, you could maybe use them like a nerf lightsaber and just sort of Pad at each other. I don't know. Yeah. Best thing you can do. Okay, we a couple more just quickly. Um,
2: control. Obviously, it's it can be a major selling point for the Wii. It's unique control, but it does seem to be a, a problem with some games that are transferring over from uh, the other two consoles. So the prime example I bring in this, and I don't actually think it's a, a, a it actually uses it really well. But why Dead Space Distraction? Why was it on an on-rail shooter when I would have thought? the the Wii would have been capable of producing just a cut-down graphics of um, the 360 version or, yeah, 360 version of it. Because, I mean, this this is what gets me. We had Super Mario 64 years ago with almost perfect 3D analogue control. Mm. Why does this not seem to be uh, able to be achieved on the Wii? Because it does have a nunchuck,
1: after all. Because third parties have never, ever been able to master Nintendo's handheld... uh, Sorry, Nintendo's uh, hardware as well as Nintendo have. And because you know, third parties are always kind of, they're almost scared of the Wii. They don't want to try too much because they're worried it won't work. I mean, if, if, if they try too hard and the controls don't work, their game is, you know, canned, basically. You know, it, it's everyone hates it. Hmm.
0: Okay, Some I, might say the same about scribble Scribblenauts. Everyone yes. complained about those bloody controls, and I'm completely with them. <laughs> I tried my best to fight through that thing.
1: Still love that game. It's absolute.
0: It, I, I said in my review, it's just it's got these incredible highs and terrible lows. I
1: I, it, it literally is you know with, with the controls. It literally it, it's almost pot luck if you're going to get it right. Yeah. The Godfather, as I said earlier, fantastic controls, particularly when it comes to the combat. That control system was, what, 2007? Mm -hmm. So you'd think you could be easy enough to just copy that. But if you play this year's Indiana Jones and the Staff of Kings, which it was going for exactly the same control system, doesn't work.
0: However, that does have Fate of Atlantis on it, which is worth getting.
1: Uh, I've made my thoughts known on that elsewhere. I'm not going to start.
0: Okay. (laughs) That's fine. as a, as a nintendo, search for james's thoughts on this elsewhere
2: <laughs> as a nintendo fanboy you may not be able to answer this this question although you do seem to be a, a rather reasonable fanboy if there is one as if there is such a thing
0: reasonable fanboy <laughs> nice um, t-shirts printing tomorrow
2: you have a choice of features taken from another platform so the playstation 3 or the xbox 360 mm. what would you like to see uh, migrated over to the wii service or what, Do you think is you know, perfect, or you know, do you think they're, they're just
1: misplaced, or would it be mismatched? why Live integration, in terms of the smoothness of the online, the the ability to connect to people easier. Those bloody friend codes. Yeah. I see what Nintendo have yeah. done, them, but seriously. It's because of all the pedos. It's because of all the pedos. Nintendo is scared of the internet. Nintendo is your, your basic technophobe. This is the thing. Microsoft and Sony, are all right, there. the companies are just as old as Nintendo. Nis- no, Nintendo's a much, much older company. Um, perhaps not in terms of computer games, but in terms of, you know, it, no, it, is, yeah. in terms of computer games, it's much, much older. It's much more used to doing things simpler, to being protective. Whereas, you know, you've got these young whippersnappers, Sony and Microsoft, coming up and suddenly coming in, and you know, like, and our third generation of consoles, they're starting with their first generation, and um, they're doing all these newfangled internet things. It's like trying to get your dad on Facebook. It's just not <laughs> going to go well.
0: It's like trying to convince your uh, grandmother of how to uh, program a VCR over the phone when you know she doesn't have a VCR, but she does have a cake. cake.
1: Nice! Yes. Why can't I remember where
0: that's from? Dave Gorman's Google Wack Adventure.
1: Google Adventure, yes!
0: Everyone go out and check that one now. It just rocketed. Well, excellent. Okay, right, so back on track. Um, (laughs) So you'd want Xbox Live on the Wii with uh, with the friend speaky little speaker thing or, or yes and preferably
1: not charging me to use the bloody thing oh god okay right so you want <laughs> Xbox <laughs>
0: Live but you don't want to pay for it welcome <laughs> to the PS3 <laughs> <I> <laughs> we're save the Microsoft person
1: th- to defend I, that Xbox yeah. Live Silver on Wii because I've got Silver on my 360 I'm quite happy with it right. I can send text messages I can see what my friends are playing I can view my achievements and I can talk to one person at a time that would be more than enough for me
0: I would say we get party chat all the time, no problems, but that would be a lie. Problems.
1: <laughs> Seriously, uh, if I have had,
0: if I could get together one community night where we could get all of us into a room with no issues and no one dropping out and no oil and water situation and I can't be in the same room as this person, nothing to do with whether we like each other or not, our modems just appear to hate one another. This is um, why Nintendo give- games...
1: We, we actually use Skype. Um, I mean, I, as we record, as we record, the Weeds podcast is having its weekly games night, and they are just chatting on Skype and the internet um, chat thing we've got on the forums, and then playing Mario Kart on the Wii because it's because ju- generally you have a PC near your Wii, yeah, so it's easier. No,
2: so, aren't you taking
1: anything from Sony? Poor Sony. Um, oh, I thought I was only Blu-ray have to take player. One. You can stick a Blu-ray player in there if you want. From Sony, I'd take the, the store um, interface. I kind of like the way that, inter- that, that Sony have laid out the store. I have to, I have to really look through my Xbox Marketplace. I have to really search through the Wii Shop. But PSN Store, I've always found quite easy. Also, Without they the tell
0: you exactly how much it is. They're like, you know, that'll be 1199 as opposed to 1,300 points. What does that exactly. mean? Exactly.
1: I mean, Christ, I've, always, I've, I've already been um, duped by a bloody... Okay, so... Talking back to WeWare, Tales of Monkey Island. This is a big coup for us. It's a big name. It's a recognisable brand. It's brilliant. It's on WeWare. It's point and click. It's perfect. And it can be yours for just six installments of £1,000. Uh, so, 1000 points. <laughs> and then I realised that's £60. I don't even <laughs> spend £60 on a Fox product, let alone a bloody downloadable one.
2: <laughs> well, I reckon one of the final questions is then... Um, How do you think Nintendo will do this Christmas, and where have they positioned themselves, or how have they
1: positioned themselves to do well this Christmas? This is the thing. They'll they'll survive. They've positioned themselves the the exact same way that they've done the last two, three Christmases because it has worked for them, and they don't need – this is the thing. And, okay, I'm going to name drop. I'm not going to take credit for this. On Weeds, we had um, a guy called Dippy Doolittle. He was a listener, then became – host, and then he became a listener again, and he always said, whenever people bitch about Nintendo, Nintendo aren't going to change it because you're bitching, because they don't need to. Yeah. Nintendo is still selling shitloads. Nintendo is still selling things like Wii Fit Plus. Wii Fit Plus, Christ, um, is like, okay, it's number two in the charts this week. It sold a ridiculous number of games that I can't remember. You know, it's, it's recently bundled a white Wii and a black Wii um, Yeah, You can get a white Wii or a black Wii, both with Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort. They're not amazing bundles when you look at the Modern Warfare 2 branded 360 with Mm -hmm. 256 gigabyte hard drive and a copy of Modern Warfare 2. It's not quite as appealing to the enthusiast gamer, but it's selling shitloads. So they don't need to try anything new
0: also i would imagine from what you said earlier that the uh, bitching of fanboys from nintendo uh, is but the chirping of birds to them now because it's like we can't make you happy why would we bother we're just going to carry on with our own plans and see what happens
2: okay well then on top of that and final final question <laughs> um what's the future um, obviously, uh, what, uh, about a month ago, there was there was supposedly leaked specs of a, a, a Wii HD with Blu-ray drive and uh, a whole new a whole new interface and everything. Xbox like Live.
0: That. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just thought they might be picking up on my uh, ideal way. So
2: a reality, just uh, vicious rumours, and they were saying 2010, 2010, uh, 2011. So do you think they need to go that route? Do you think they'll start losing market share if they don't upgrade at least to some sort of HD? I think system?
1: Nintendo, Microsoft and Sony do not need to upgrade their hardware. We've kind of reached the peak. You don't need new hardware. You just need new games, new add-ons like Natal, etc. cetera. Yeah. We needs to update. It needs to catch up. Nintendo aren't going to do that until there is no possible other way of generating new income. Hmm. Right? The D okay, so look at the DSI. Um, the DS. The reason the DSI exists is because the DS sales were slowing down. Granted, mm-hmm. that's because more than hundred million people in the world had one, but they're just going to You know, the only reason they brought out the DSI was because they wanted to get more people. Beca- Explain the DSI. Because- XL then for me, please. More old people. Yeah, more old people. Right, exactly, exactly. You know, the DSi isn't selling quite as well as they expected. It's selling well enough, but it's not selling quite as well. So let's try something new. They've become quite hardware orientated in terms of like redesigns. The Wii, it's only a matter of time before the Wii, they release a new one. Christ, we've got the black Wii, you know, the black version of the Wii this, this Christmas. That is their kind of hardware push. Look, it's kind of newish. Oh, is that coming out
0: Eventually,
1: in Europe? Yeah, it's in there. The crop, oh,
0: man. shit! Okay, right, I'm holding, I'm getting a black Wii then, no problem. I'm getting
1: that. Yeah, the Black and the Wii's coming out. No, it's out. It's out. It came it's out, out yeah.
0: uh, last week. You see, this is how much I know about the Wii right now. I was planning it's to get it's one. It's
1: the thing. Um, yeah, the Black Wii's out. Uh, eventually, they will crumble to pressure. They will realise they need to upgrade. Particularly, they'll need some sort of like hardware storage if they're going to push the WiiWare route, um Because, like I said, you know, Virtual Console WiiWare is fantastic. If you're going to go mad on Virtual Console and WiiWare, you need an SD card. Mm. Because... 512 megabits of internal memory is not a lot. So, it's not It's not even a gig. You know, I've, I've got a key ring that has more memory than that. So, you yeah, know, they, they need a hard drive. They don't necessarily need HD graphics. It would be nice because I've only recently discovered how ugly a Wii looks on a HD TV. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I never realised. I heard people going, oh, it looks hideous. They're like, no, you're just being picky. And I will put it on it's like, oh, good God almighty, what is that? Looks like Jaggies have thrown up on my screen. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> the,
0: the Wii's Eventually gone up since I was uh, going to buy one. I was looking at They were £140. Now they're 165
2: now, you, you remember because remember of the tax... The price thing. hike thing. Yeah, yeah so they're
0: they're gonna, they've, they've now instigated it. Right. They got instigated about six months ago.
2: Okay, then another question, Will. Um, are, are Nintendo going to react to uh, Sony's motion controller and Xbox Natal add-ons?
1: No, they won't. Well they have we motion plus was their reaction mm-hmm. the e3 this year was it after Nintendo, Microsoft brought out Natal mm-hmm. and showed that off the very next day. Reggie pretty much said, well you 've seen motion control, but just to remind you, we already have it. Look at this very quickly hastily that <laughs> we've got here we motion plus is here they 're not going to go mad they 're quite happy with the simplicity of it. I, I honestly don 't rate. The, mo- the motion controller on Sony Is going to kind of bring the PS3 Up to speed with the Wii In terms of that kind of motion control Gameplay. Natal, yes It's light years ahead of um, Wii and PS3, Sony Control But to an extent it's a glorified iToy, toy and I don't think it's going to Take off. I don't think it, l- it Lends itself to The enthusiast gaming and certainly not the, the Microsoft demographic as a whole That is Microsoft going after The iToy toy crowd and I don't think it's going to become, like, the standard. Everyone, like, when it came out, everyone was like, oh, my God, this is the second coming. All games are going to be like this as of now. No, they're not. You're still going to want to have, be able to sit down with a controller in your hand, whether it's a remote and one you know, in each hand or a joypad shared between the two hands. Yeah. You're still going to be able to sit down, chill out, and play.
0: I think everyone just gets a knee-jerk reaction because they're all, everyone's always afraid that their their comfortable world will get yanked away with the next new piece of technology. Exactly. And yet we're still listening to CDs. <laughs> okay. I think that'll do. I'm convinced I'm getting a black Wii. I should probably have bought a white Wii when it was a bit cheaper, but <laughs> uh, I- I'll pay the extra. So that's £165 on Amazon right now. That sounds good to me. And I think uh, that'll be for Crimbo. Um, James, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, and it is like I said at the very beginning, long, long overdue. Look at this one because we've been pre- we get occasionally accused of being 360 fanboys, but it's not without its uh, its grounding. I've got to say. No, absolutely.
1: No, 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 the thing is, yeah. I'm not going to say that Nintendo is perfect, that the Wii is a perfect console, that everyone should have a Wii and should shun the other consoles. That's bollocks. I think we've got the the sort of place where you can have a Wii and you can have a 360, or you can have a Wii and a PS3, and they both kind of complement each other. It depends what sort of mood you're in. Um, But, yeah, thank you very much for letting me come on. Oh, no worries.
0: No worries. We'd like to have you back on. We've got other questions to ask you. We don't have time for tonight.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to come back sometime. It'd be good fun. Excellent. we do one on the DS.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay. Right. Um, okay. After the music, we are going to be talking about Grand Theft Auto, The Ballad of Gay Tony, and Band Hero, played by Gay Tony. I'm sorry, man. I couldn't not say it. You've been playing Band Hero all week. I've been. Our oh, kind of staying out of this. It's did you easy.
1: even buy? Do you even buy Band Hero? It didn't even get into the top forty this week. I was. I was kind of convinced that it like hadn't come out. Tony, you're we're the expert. More of that.
0: Pulling coming, up. <laughs> up. next. In the meantime, James, it's been a pleasure.
2: Thank oh, you very much. If you got anything else to pimp as well. Oh yeah, and yeah, else, that. Pimp obviously, you are saying you're not on the weeds uh, podcast anymore, but but you, you can know. still pimp it. <laughs>
1: I'm not on the Weeds Podcast, but I will pin them because I miss them. They can be found at www.weeds-podcast.com. So that's we ds. See what we did there? We're oh so right. clever. Weeds-podcast.com. All right.
0: Okay. And I will put the uh, uh, all the addresses you guys need in the show notes. Thank you very much, James. We will talk to you later. Okay, before we get to Grand Theft Auto, Tony, what have you been playing this week?
2: I've had one of those really odd weeks. With all this new... I mean, there is tons of new games. We all know all the new games coming out. But I actually didn't really want to start anything before um, Modern Warfare 2, which we will talk about next week. Next week? This week. Yes. Um, So, I just actually want to go over a a quick... uh, some things I've actually talked about in the past. Um, One being Brutal Legend. And, you know, my review... In-depth review has been out there for a little while now. But, um... I just I th- decided to finish up a, a bunch of the achievements on that, so I ended like, up you getting know, 100% completion on the single-player game and, and all that. But I actually really got, found myself getting into the multiplayer, um, which I hadn't really touched too much before, and, and even found myself, dare I say, playing some ranked games in multiplayer. And one thing that really stood out to me, um, this game was made, I believe, for the multiplayer. The whole single-player game just feels like it's a massive training exercise to learn the RTS elements. And suddenly you know all these elements are, are completely in the foreground obviously when you 're jumping in, into multiplayer and the, the thing that really actually stood out stood out for me is um, the 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 other two factions you've you got the drought the, the drowning doom and the tainting coil you don't have really other you know, too much interaction in the single player in the game other than you know defeating their their forces but they 're so well designed and, and fought out and have so much depth that you just didn't realise other than just killing their troops. So when you actually get to play them in, in the multiplayer, it's, it's like an entirely different game that is is completely barred off from anybody that's not willing to jump into it. But at the same time, it's a scary place because you know, the RTL elements, as we discussed before aren't the best in the world. Um... So, you know, jumping into ranked matches, although you can you can actually do AI matches, um, so that would be my suggestion if you, know, you are a little bit worried about jumping into ranked stuff. So, just have a go at the a- AI matches and actually try some of the, the other factions, because it's a real cool part of the game, I think, that most people won't even touch to see these different factions, and actually um, all the different characters are actually in there, and some fantastic animations, so...
0: So uh, would you say out. that if this was marketed properly to begin with and said, Look, this is a massive RTS game and it just happens to have this sort of rock themed adventure game, you know, uh at the beginning that, you know, sort of will lead you into all of the of this game. Do you think if it had been marketed correctly and they hadn't just gone, Look, it's Tim Shafer, Tim Schaefer and just kept saying that name over and over and over, like, Yeah, and Tim Shafer and Yeah but um... Jack Black, metal. Okay, you keep saying these words, but what are we actually looking at here? Because I think, ultimately, if they'd just been straight up and gone, look, it's an RTS, and you can do this stuff in it, it probably would have sold more to the, the RTS crowd. And- yeah, but I,
2: I believe that crowd's already discovered exactly what it is, and I believe you know there's plenty of other people that went out there, and whether they were duped or whether they misled uh, to buying into this, I don't know. But, but Tony, uh, Tim Schafer. Tim Schafer. And, and I, I stand by this. It is a really good game, and I, I think more people should just kind of battle through the RTS elements and actually... Once, once you
0: battle through the RTS no, and to get to the RTS but, elements. No, no, no. But happens.
2: once, what I actually found with the multiplayer, once you actually dig deep enough, it is actually quite a complex little um, RTS that has plenty of depth, uh, which isn't necessarily apparent on the first time through on the single player. So, just my my two cents. I and mean, I think that's pretty much wraps up that. Yep. But um, I went actually back, went back and played DJ here as well. Mm-hmm. Um and. Having thought about it, I mean, I gave it three out of five last week, and I think, on hindsight, why I did that was that I didn't necessarily think people should be spending their eighty to a hundred pounds on on this purchase. Sure, hundred and eighty pounds. Well, yeah. Well, if you buy buying the Renegade, the you know, Renegade. I hope, I hope you know what you're you're in for. But I, that's kind of I, I felt like that. You know, that's why not to start off the. Having now put uh, probably about another eight hours into it. Um, I, i'm happy now to give it a four star um it's it, just because i'm now I've, I've upgraded into the hard category and a lot of, a lot of the fun is now really coming through you really feel now like i'm starting to scratch records and also pro tip um i decided to put the the, the deck a bit lower than where i was sitting so i actually got my drum stall that i use with my iron drum kit and then uh got a lower table and actually now i'm sitting above the deck and it makes it so much easier to actually scratch um so that's that that's helped a lot but yeah, i i actually i want to upgrade it to a, a four out of five because it it's really starting to show that you know it's it 's a very good single player game but all the criticism stands i don 't think it 's still going to be a massive seller, and I think you know it's it 's not the next guitar hero in the making because it 's such a solitary experience and it 's still got some you know the problems that would have said last week but beyond that, i mean this obviously debated a lot of um talk about on the forums at the very least about, you know, whether the, the rhythm action, uh, game, uh, genre is, um, is gone stale with, you know, all this new stuff coming out, so I decided to play Band Hero, <laughs>
0: hello Activision, have some more of my money, you bought it as well, well, I are you it... ready for your little pink tutu and your, your Hello Kitty backpack, you know, and your uh, Twilight uh, books. Actually, you like the Twilight books and the Twilight movies. I'll have a good conversation. You are like a thirteen-year-old like girl, my friend. <laughs>
2: Thank you very much.
0: That's right. Um, End of ribbing.
2: <laughs> now we're like, yeah. You know, I I paid eighty pounds for the DJ Hero deck, deck. You know, so spending you know. I well spent
0: another forty quid. <laughs>
2: 25 quid on a, a band here, and do you know what? I'm I'm really glad I did because there's nothing really to explain. I mean, it, it's it's got fun songs in. So you got stuff like ABCs, you know, and Jack, you Jack by Jackson the Five, I don't know, Black Horse and the Cherry Cheek. Um Just a Girl by no doubt, you know, so you, you know it's it's slightly I wanna say necessarily childish, but you know, slightly Skews Young. Yeah, but I mean it Skews Young, we these are all songs we know. So, you know, like Let's Dance by David Bowie, you know, Take Back of the City by Snow Patrol, you know, every single one of these songs I'm telling you, you'll go, Yep, I know what that sounds like um, I mean, even down as as low, shall I say, as Wannabe to Be" by Sp- Spice Girls. Yeah. But right, so the reason you should buy this, um, my opinion, and I'm not alone in this, I think it's better than Guitar Hero 5. <laughs> Let me put this out there: why that is. And I know you're not the biggest fan in the world of Guitar nah, Hero 5. It's not outside. saying
0: much at this point,
2: yeah. Um, right, so basically, it has everything that Guitar Hero 5 in has in it. So all the you know the new party play features and the challenge modes. So it, it basically takes all of that. But what it has over Katara 5 is it has songs you actually bloody well know and songs that you actually want to sing in a party atmosphere you know that you can get your wife around or your mates around and as much as you want to deny that you don't you you don't know everywhere to want to be you do because we all know it because it's been played down our throats for so many times there's just there's The whole aesthetic of the game is bright and colourful, it doesn't take itself seriously and I I actually realised what my main problem with um, Guitar Hero 5 was, and I think I kind of covered this in our review, Mm. it feels like, you know, you've got that best mate who goes to gigs all the time and always says to you, oh, you'll love this band, you should listen to this band, you you should get their CD, and you get their CD and it does nothing for me, I don't see what all the hype is about. Guitar Hero 5 felt like an experience for that, for me, like I was checking out all these new bands that weren't actually really that good, but I was told they're cool, so you should like them. <laughs> um, so it was just like, eh. And then there's that odd one or two songs in there. Ah, I know, this song is rather good. Um, band Hero, it just has a good bunch of songs. It doesn't take itself seriously. It's It's gone back to the original days. You know what, this is just a good old-fashioned party game. And um, it feels better for it. And it's something that um, Rock Band 2 done very very well with its song selection and i believe that rock band does very well because it puts the stuff out that guitar hero five has but it sticks it as dlc so you can be the cool kid in the block that goes out and buys that stuff but you're not necessarily forced to play it in in a main game so personally you know there's nothing particularly new about band hero and you know it's the note charts blah 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 they're all you know much the same they're easier of course because they're not you know death metal songs um but it's it's just good fun. So I, I advise, you know, if you like playing these games in, in the parking atmosphere, that actually Bantera may actually bring you back, if you've had a bad experience with Guitar Hero 5, bring you back to the, the fray to actually go, you know what, this is good fun. So I actually will recommend it. Whether you want to pay 45 quid that is these in the shops, yeah, hold off and, you know, get it as a slightly cheaper price as you should with most games anyway. Mm. So, um, yeah, all that done now. Uh, I am pretty much left that behind me and I'm... Um, Onto Modern Warfare 2 come, um, well I'm actually started playing it now but uh, we'll cover it next week. So Indeed. Alex, what have you been playing?
0: Right, I've been playing The Ballad of Gay Tony, Grand Theft Auto. Now before I go into this I have to plug uh, our appearance on Big Red Potion uh, who are a cracking pair of blokes who have been on our podcast before for episode 123 where we talked about uh, how difficult it is to get into uh, other genres, including, ironically, the oh. RTS.
2: Which, uh, so now I've played, like, three RTSs since that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you could just set up Play Brutal Legend now. Um, but, OK, right, so we were on episode 29 of their show, uh, and we were talking all about Grand Theft Auto and whether the series has matured uh, as a whole, and basically, you know, in retrospect to Grand Theft Auto four. Um actually we, before we do that can I just give a
2: big shout out to Sinan who's yeah half dying with sh- uh, shingles at the moment which is put a, a spanner in the works of their show so get well be- oh, get better mate because I know it's his birthday uh well it is today but you know oh it's, it's, ill it's, it's, on uh, your birthday yeah he, he's not uh, he's not a well guy at all so uh get better mate
0: okay yeah Sinan and and Joe a cracking pair of lads and uh, we had a great time it was very serious stuff going on, a lot of debate. And uh, yeah, episode 29, Big Red Potion, check it out. I'm not going to go into massive depth into Grand Theft Auto today. What I am going to do is talk about the Ballad of a Gay Tony and what you get for it. Now, I'm going to take this from the point of view as if you just bought it as DLC, if you've already got GTA 4, because basically I'm going to have to to assess it as a pack uh, with the Lost and Damned is going to take me to play the Lost and Damned first. So at the moment, I'm just looking at it as DLC. So what do you get for your £13.60? Eight hours worth of helicopter and shootout missions. Typical GTA. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's got you know, it's got quite a good story, and, and you play Luis Lopez, who's the the. Uh, I, I go into the we go into this in a bit more detail in, in the Big Potion episode, but he's the um, uh, bodyguard, friend, and, and basically more organised <clears throat> business partner to uh, Gay Tony, the nightclub owner from Liberty City. Uh, the best aspects of it are essentially the fact that they are presenting you with a, uh, a, a buddy film effectively um, which is also a crime thriller and it's aimed at sort of teenage and 20 something males and it's hyper violent but it happens to concern the friendship between uh, a very straight guy and a very gay guy which as I said in the BRP episode is ahead of Hollywood because that just hasn't happened and Tony is jittery and flamboyant, but he's not like, oh, yes, please, super gay, like that kind of, like, you know, ramming it down your throat. Yeah, we which, know it. Yeah. let's face it, Rockstar have actually done in the past to their shame, and I think that's, that's quite a movement forwards for them. And, and I actually kind of like Tony as, as a character, and I like the fact that Luis has to uh, endure all manner of shit, basically throwing the word fag in his face over and over again um and eventually he kind of throws that back at them and says you're just gonna have to shut up about this because you know it's you know enough and uh i think that's the best aspect of it now the worst aspect of it is the fact that it's effectively just more of the same however unlike gta 4 where you're just entering a brand new city you know like you know the aspects of starting a new gta game and sort of getting Going into a neighbourhood, exploring, going, oh, wow, look at all this. You're going back to a neighbourhood you've already explored completely, completely. I played GTA for, like, 40, 50 hours, uh, and I really know that city backwards, and um, if... It is basically a very guided experience because you don't get all of that extra stuff to do. I mean, there is lots of extra things to do. There's large amounts of base jumping and uh, drug empire submissions, sort of like the little extra things you can do on the side, uh, which involve just, you know, jumping off of incredibly tall buildings and parachuting down to a designated landing spot and uh, helping your friends to run a drug empire, which I declined to do because they were a pair of wankers. Mm-hmm. And I had no interest in that. I was all about the story um it offers you a large amount of value of extra things to do there but <clears throat> you've already done everything in the city it's not really a case of um you know now you can explore everything so because you're just doing the missions you begin to really see through the gta structure and i've i've always known this but the the, the feeling of it being a sandbox game and you having you know you could do anything in this thing it's, it's totally you know it, 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 it's totally open world becomes a fallacy while you're playing it because you realize how guided it actually is he actually missions do you? Yeah, you have to go to this place get in a car drive to this area chase this person, kill that person, but you've got to do it in a certain car and in a certain way, and there's very little room for for any kind of, you know, your personal touches or, you know, improvisation. Um, And it it really shows in this because um, it's very set missions. They hold you by the hand and they force you down a certain corridor, which is fine if you accept that kind of thing. Unfortunately, a lot of them are very action-based, and the controls, which were janky, uh, in in GTA 4, but we forgave it because it was you know a, a major progression for the series from San Andreas. Now, nearly two years later, um, two years after the initial time it was supposed to be released, which was Christmas 2007, um, it, they they really show their age. And this is after Uncharted 2, and and ultimately we've moved on. It didn't really work in April 2008. It really doesn't work now. There were times when I ran, you know, ended up face to face with someone and Luis didn't know what to do. He sort of started swatting at them with the butt of his shotgun because he wouldn't just shoot them. And they just sort of calmly shot him in the face with an Uzi and took off all of his life in one go. And it's unacceptable by today's standards. There were too many times when I ended up accidentally stuck to a wall or stuck behind a sofa and being mercilessly killed due to the fact that the the game is... It just doesn't, it doesn't move in a smart manner, and it doesn't give you the benefit of, you know, well, at this stage, Luis would just roll over the sofa, dive to the floor, and get behind some cover. It doesn't allow you to use that kind of... I'm now used to Drake and, and his ability to really get out of, out of the way in that kind of situation.
2: Oh, but even beyond that, I mean, when the game first came out, I mean, well, GTA 4 first came out, you know, stuff like Gears of War had yeah. already surpassed it so um, upon its release.
0: So, I mean, it was acceptable back in the day. But I can't really rate it on graphics or or sound or anything because it's all reproduced from the original game. The the merits of it can only really be judged on what you're actually getting to do. And what you're getting to do isn't actually all that fantastic. There's there's helicopter missions that I went on that I just kept dying over and over again because it was like, no, you didn't do it. Go back again. And, like, you know, it it becomes not fun. (laughs) And eventually I was just plugging away at it. And a couple of nights ago I got to the shootout in a club and it was like nothing I was doing was going to get me saved in the end. And what I had to do in the end was not restart the mission but just um, abandon it, go get myself a bulletproof vest, extra ammo and different guns and completely kick myself out and then just uh, I followed a fact and learned that there's one place you can stand where they can't hit you quite as well. But I couldn't have done it without the bulletproof vest. I still got away with it just within the skin of my teeth. But every time you die, it now allows you to reload pretty close to where you were before. You don't have to drive all the way in most missions, and that's a great thing, and they need to do that for the later series. Uh, But it still makes you do annoying sections again and again, and if you can't get them done, it's, it's... it's almost like you aren't able to prepare for it anymore. You're just thrown back into the thick of it. So it's almost worse and more counterproductive that you're sort of just going chucked back in there. Also, you lose all the ammo that you were using up before. So I ended up with no shotgun rounds left anymore, which was the only gun that was actually saving me by the skin of my teeth. So basically... There's still flaws even with the restart system. Also, whenever you, you finish a mission, it, go, it gives you like a rating of how a percentile of how well you did in the mission. I was getting like 50%, 74%. And it was going, oh, you need to get away without being damaged at all. You need to kill this guy in seven seconds, not 20. And it, yeah, you know, the feeling of completion is lessened even more, because you're like, well, I didn't even really complete that mission, I just sort of got <laughs> through it. and So it so re- really leaves it unsatisfying. They're urging you to go back and do it again, which I suppose they're trying to give you more value for money, give you replay value, because you can now just go back using your phone when you finish the game and play those missions again. At, in the end, it just seems to be a collection of annoying action missions with some quite good cutscenes in in between. But, again, we've had... Uncharted, in the meantime, we've had Uncharted 1, which had much better acting than GTA 4 to begin with. We've had Uncharted 2, which has got not, not only much better acting, but when people follow you around, you can see their faces moving, you can see them their expressions change, and they're following you, and the banter between you seems more realistic. This seems like a previous generation after Uncharted. I know it's, it's unfair to compare them, but it's such an action-heavy pack that you kind of have to compare it to the last thing you were doing, where you were shooting guns at people and barrels were exploding.
2: Yeah, but I mean, this is a conversation we had with open world versus, you know, a fairly, I mean, Uncharted for all its, you know, might is pretty damn linear, you know, it's very much a corridor shooter and, you know, the same could be said for Batman, you know, fantastic modeling, fantastic, you know, acting, but, you know, a very, very tight, confined thing. I I think a lot of the times the GTA problems come from, it's just the fact that it's this open world experience. Yeah i uh, think you yeah, it is what it is then
0: i feel the need to burst that santa claus bubble surrounding this gta mm-hmm. series which has always been massively highly acclaimed i think the original gta 3 was a triumph vice city built on that and created a whole world that was soaked in 80s atmosphere and to a degree san andreas did that too but san andreas was so infuriating to me that i actually broke a joypad and two light switches as a result of playing it and yeah. It's so frustrating. I never completed San Andreas. What? I barely yeah. completed GTA 4, despite the frustrating factor. And again, even though it was a master stroke of being able to give you the detail. The actual gameplay isn't that good in Grand Theft Auto. No one ever says it, but every time you get into a conversation with someone, that seems to be the case. They go, yeah, it is annoying, isn't it? And no one ever says that in reviews. They never say, you know what, this game is brilliant in detail, but it's fucking annoying.
2: Well, actually, the reviews pointed out for GTA 4 how thankful they were for a checkpoint system at last, yeah. as you didn't have to restart the mission over and over again. It's well aware but hmm. I guess people look at the, the more the, the overall how in, impressive it is t- from a technical point of view. But yeah, I mean yeah, you're not alone um just fed up with the, the the gameplay that it dishes out because we've all been there. I I I can't believe there will be one person that's played GTA. That listens to this show and hasn't had that moment where it's just like this this game's broken. What I don't care, <laughs> it's, it's, it's broken. Just play it, you know we we're actually speaking to somebody the other day where they said they, they said they got into the. Um,
0: it was Sam, uh, wasn't it? He was talking yeah. about. No, no, hang on. It was no. James uh, earlier to, uh, earlier in the episode. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He was doing the the, the heist yeah, and just couldn't get past it. So you know that that stuff is. And he stopped happen.
0: right but, there because it was so frustrating. Let, let
2: me put it you put it to you then. Um, do you think that the whole idea of, of these episodes DLC has or hasn't worked? And and why the, the way I actually describe that, I mean, you could you could argue, if you wish, that Vice City is potentially the same thing. But the difference with that is that it changed the world, you know, the world significantly from where you were. The gameplay still you know, felt quite often very very similar, but they they changed the whole atmosphere of it enough to get away with still reusing the same engine. by sounds with this it's like they're using the same engine but the assets haven't changed enough to really feel like it's a different experience it's just a maybe a side mission that you may have you know previously thought well i can't be bothered to do upon playing through gta 4 so have they worked
0: i would say uh, i wouldn't compare it between vice city and gta 3 it, it, it compares more closely with vice city stories and liberty city stories the psp games that were then ported to ps2 where they take the existing city and give you other scaled down missions which is much more streamlined with a, a less of an extensive plot uh, and it, it's, it's much more again, uh, hand holding. And you, again, when in, I only ever played Vice City stories of that, but I felt like this weird deja vu feeling of going back to Vice City. But it was like, I've already explored this whole place and they don't have that kind of rich storyline for you to get into. They've got this sort of tertiary character. Mm. Um, and it did just feel like I was being ushered from one place to the next. And, um, I think that's a better comparison. Have they worked? If. Microsoft make back their fifty million and then some. Then financially, they've worked. I think they will. Um, But uh, have they worked in terms of delivering an an excellent game experience? I'd have to finish Lost and Damned. But ultimately, everyone everyone always says, "Oh, it's more like San Andreas." The uh, gay Tony. That's not a good thing for me. Mm -hmm. I I I, I did not like San Andreas. I I actually really I kind of respected them a bit more for going a bit more realistic in GTA Four. But uh, ultimately. Well, I'll
2: tell you how they've worked. They've worked by bringing GTA back. At, I mean, this Christmas, I mean, Liberty City is coming out and GTA 4 is you know, is back right up there in the top where people were talking about it. I mean, before yeah. it would have just disappeared or they would have, had to have done a lot more effort but into a, hmm. a full-fledged game.
0: Maybe so, but it now feels even older. And, and, okay, right, here's the thing. The problem for me with GTA is that um, with their massive sales and massive critical acclaim, there is no impetus for Rockstar to change. They don't care that we're frustrated. They don't care enough to change... Uh, to, to go back to the basics and go look, the, the, the engine feels like w- uh, what it is, which is effectively the PlayStation Two engine with bells and whistles. And, and now he walks rather than runs by default, and, and there's a you know a lot more detail, but it still feels like you're, you're playing those old games where you could you know end up running well, down the wrong corridor and end up directly in front of a bunch of people. You can't even shoot because the the the, the AI of your own character is so mind numbingly thick that he can't even defend himself at close range. But I would it's argue
2: I would argue that the actual city, the actual game engine itself is different. The actual you know just sitting without outside the mission structure, just driving around that city and, you know, interacting in, in that way, feels very much different from the PlayStation uh, series. But Upon you actually entering the, the mission structure, yeah, I, I'm completely in agreement you. You do feel like you've just been ported back to the PlayStation 2 days where nothing really has changed. It's all somewhat of an illusion because they don't know how to take that, how to have a structure in an open world. And, and it's the simple stuff. It's like, I know we were in a party chat and you're just screaming that, you know, you're on a motorbike. And, you know, the motorbike doesn't handle very well. So you just want to jump off the motorbike and jump in the car. But it won't allow you because it's like, no, you've got it's to so get,
0: it get back on the bike. And it's <laughs> like it grabs your hand, wrenches you back to the place. And the whole the, the idea of non-linearity and an and open worldness is dispensed with in, in the missions. It's 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 very um, punitive at times. Now, we, we
2: obviously do go really uh, quite deep into the, in the whole GTA uh, series on the Big Brother Potion, but one thing I actually, I didn't get to ask them, and I will ask you, is, do you think that the sign that we have a, a hard copy that has entered the shop, you know, Liberty City, we are both with the, the two DLC Liberty downloads,
0: stories. stories.
2: Do you think that's a sign that the DLC,
0: or certainly... Well, one yeah. of Tales from Liberty City, Liberty City Stories was the PSP one. Okay.
2: Um, that the DLC hasn't worked the way they would like to, that it yeah, hasn't made as much money, that this is a, a clear sign, you know what, um, the loss on the dam just didn't make anywhere near as much as we were hoping for, and by putting a bro- box product, and, if, and quite frankly, it's been selling pretty damn well.
0: I'd say, is- it, no, it's it's more uh, just a case of, um, that 60% of their market is offline, and, and they can't just ignore that, if 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 they put it on disc, which isn't going to cost them that much more, chuck it out there, they'll get that sixty percent as well.
2: So I, I they, just I just you know I just think the reality actually hit them that you know as much as they would like to think that everybody downloads this content, mm. there's still a huge. I mean even me myself, I wasn't going you know, to pick up the, the content because I just, I just felt that like maybe it was a bit too much and I'd kind of been done with Grand Theft Auto, but now I can rent it, and so that's actually made me want to go and play it.
0: To everyone who's able to, I definitely recommend renting it. To everyone who has GTA 4 and really enjoyed GTA 4 and didn't get that frustrated, but and especially if you liked San Andreas before, buy it. It's worth £13.60. As frustrated as I got with it, there were times of great elation and great kind of, you know, where, where the first time you jump off a building, I'm like, oh, Jesus. And then I actually, you know, parachuted down and safely and landed, and that was great. Um, Then there was that time when I had to jump out of a helicopter and parachute and grab a guy and take him to safety, and it took me five goes because uh, I'd forgotten which button opened the parachute, and they declined to tell me which one it was. So I ended up hammering the buttons, and one of them opened the parachute, and then the next one dropped the guy who I was holding on to. So it was like, brilliant. Okay,
2: well, just because we love to stick a number in front of things, and occasionally I feel like get it wrong,
0: what would you give it out of five? In terms of value for money, the £13.60 – for how much you get. And if you like GTA. I'm actually going to give this. I'm going to give it a three. Because. Um, no. I think. F- from my perspective. I give it a three. From everyone. It, it, depending on your frustration. Level with GTA. It could go up to a four. Yeah. Um, but. in I, I can't... I don't want to feel as bad as I did while playing this yeah. or uh, while playing G- San Andreas. You know, frankly, my light switches can't take it. So, um, mm-hmm. in all seriousness, I'm going to play Lost and Damned with extreme caution because just that sinking feeling every time I start a new mission and it's like, right, at what point am I going to get punked by some NPC idiot who's able to shoot me with dead-eye accuracy but I can't even see him because he's standing just to the right of a barrel. Um, it, it's It's too frustrating a game to give a straight out four stars to and it. it's certainly not a five
1: well
2: i'll get round to it next year so <laughs> amongst all the other stuff
0: but yeah i'm glad i played it and it's uh for the relationship between louise uh and uh, gay tony i would say d- definitely worth playing because that's kind of a, a landmark uh, moment in video games um but uh ultimately that there are times when that there are russian gangsters calling women the C word and I just went you know what they're actually they're stepping over the line at this point um cause no one likes that and I think it, it, I don't know, obviously you're not supposed to in any way empathise with that character, but there are going to be kids who are in some way validated by this person's actions who start throwing that word around. It's it's used about six times in the game, which I think is about five times it's, too many.
2: It's alright, I think next week, talking about Modern Warfare 2, we may be referring to uh, Russian mobsters killing people that maybe they shouldn't anyway, so yeah, we're covering that more in depth, I think. But uh, anyway, yeah, so let's close out the show. Huh?
0: Okay, right. If you liked our podcast, you might also enjoy this one. If you're looking for a podcast that's informational. Do you know we have boobs and play video games?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I'm <laughs> looking at them right now. Hey, <laughs> check those out. Relevant. Why, why do you have that blanket and wear your pants? Focused. As the, uh, YAR or, And now I'm deaf. <laughs> filled with
0: highbrow humor. I think that might be my stripper name, Raspberry <laughs> <Sparkle. laughs>
1: And very smart. Hi, we're the <laughs> dumb girls on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Then you will love some other podcast. Join Elaine and Leah every Friday by visiting platformnation.com, someothercastle.com, or subscribing on iTunes. But remember, this podcast is rated M for Mature.
0: Okay, competition time. This is the weekly UK versus USA iTunes review competition. Now, uh, because of the efforts in the UK, we've gone up the feature charts in iTunes, and now if you search for Video Game Podcasts, we, the Digital Cowboys, are on page two out of five.
2: We have made it at one once. We Just did? How? Oh. It's, it, it seems random it, it's, it's <laughs> subscriptions it's people jumping in and, on and off the show but uh, the, you know, the so, reviews help but yeah
0: okay. um, in the USA it's on page 5 but at least we're on there out of 5 pages you know, it's a bigger country with more podcasts so that's awesome nonetheless um, and if you consider the tens of thousands of video game podcasts out there that's actually something of an achievement so thank you very much to everyone who's uh, given us a, uh, a review or subscribed to us in the past so this week the UK got one from CARSID. And, and the U.S. got a big fat zero. Apparently we got one yesterday and we checked and we were going to mention their name, but it disappeared this morning. So we don't know where it is. If, is it? if it was you, jump back on and give us yeah. another review. But uh, Unless you've changed your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Remember, USA and UK, when one of your countries reaches 50 reviews, we are picking a reviewer at random to win a prize of their choice within reason. So, like, so you eight away. Yeah, 8Away on the UK. Get get in touch with me as soon as uh, I call your name. So if you haven't yet, go to review us on iTunes and get yourself registered on our forum so we can contact you because we can't contact you through iTunes. And I don't just want to, you know, have everyone stepping forward and claiming that they are this weird mystery person. So... This month's competition winner is going to be picked at random from the list of folks who contribute to our annual Digital Cowboys donation drive. This is an entirely separate competition to the iTunes one. Remember, this is an entirely optional donation. Okay, It's up to you guys how much you want to contribute. and We have made a fair amount already, and our share of Commander Tim's server fees has been paid for the whole of 2010. Now um, safe. Yeah, yeah a few more that's articles. sorted. Yeah, the opportunity to donate will be there all year round, but we won't be mentioning it outside of November. That's just it's this month. We're just talking about it, and then that is it. One random sponsor is going to be sent a game of their choice at the end of November, whether they give us 50p or 50 quid. So you can find the donate button on the right-hand side of our website. That's all we're going to say about it. We don't want to push it down your throat. It's no. up to you guys. Now this week's shout-outs for donations and thank yous include Cassandra sassy on the forums now we mentioned her partner last week because his name was on the payslip but it was actually her she'd like that to be known so Cassie sassy <laughs> thank you very much Shirley Long also thank you very much Stephen Jones that would be Count Stex our community manager Anthony Edwards that would be Quantum very long time fan there from the beginning from the start, yeah. personal friend of ours from Xbox Live Quantum you rock thank you mate uh, Mark Raymond Damon Foster Brandon Ivy, Mike Woodworth and Paul Shotton. <laughs> a fellow cowboy. Indeed. Oh, back in the day. Thank you, Paul, that you really didn't have to do that, especially since of all of these guys, you've kind of given a hell of a lot to the show already, so to speak. So uh, yeah, it's, that, that is really appreciated. Thank you, mate. And all of you guys. And also, come to our forums, because we, we've been having lots of debates this week. One of the main ones being the subject of next week's episode, Modern Warfare 2. They've been talking about the, uh, well, one of the... Whole- topics is the no russian segment
2: yeah we're, we're like nine ten pages long and the game hadn't even come out by that point so uh, to see what is the biggest game of the year i think that one's starting to yeah uh, that's probably the candidate of it's gonna be
0: so throw your hat in the ring join the debate I love our forums. Every time I come back from work, before I even check the emails, i on the forums. Okay, that is all from us this week. Next week, as I said, we've got an in-depth Modern Warfare 2 review episode. We'll be talking all about it, and the spoiler section will be at the end, so you can listen to all of it and think, you know, if you're the th- one of three people who haven't already got hold of it somehow, uh, yeah, and you're still on the fence, then you can hear about it. Or if you haven't finished it yet. Um, and we'll be in the spoiler section at the very end so hopefully we'll have an audience of even 1% of the total sales logged so far because we can do (laughs) Jesus (laughs) we can do with a billion listeners so see you next week I've been Ike (laughs) Shaw I've been Tony Atkins. happy trails
1: Yar.
0: stallion. The car for freedom. freedom. The car for hot excitement. excitement. The car for a man who is alone against the elements.
1: The, thunder. the pride is back. It's the power of a company.
0: Thunder. On the toll road of life, you have to pay to prove you can. Live the emotion of an individual. Thunder. The awesome power of nature distilled into one vehicle. Because after you get struck by lightning,
1: there's thunder. The maipatsu thunder.